This is Crime Connections, and we're your host. I'm Leah. And I'm Jackie. So for our case today, and my first case bringing to you guys, I wanted to try to find something that was somewhat local and kind of recent. This case didn't receive a lot of attention at the time outside of the area where the crime was actually committed. And as of now, it's still considered an unsolved homicide. So this is the case of Franklin Benedict. On Tuesday, July 7th, 2015, Franklin Benedict had picked up an overtime shift at the Streetsboro Walmart in Kent, Ohio, where he was a third shift supervisor at the time. The surveillance cameras at Walmart had shown that Franklin left work around 11.20 p.m. and that he was just walking to his car. His apartment at the time was only about nine miles away, so it didn't take very long for him to make it home. He arrived at his apartment around 11.40 p.m., and according to the cell phone records, Franklin was texting his girlfriend at the time and his roommate, Matt. Franklin was concerned because when he arrived back at his apartment, there was no power, and he was hoping that Matt would have some sort of explanation for it. But Matt assured him that there was no reason for the power to be out, it would probably come back on soon, but since there wasn't any power in their apartment, Matt decided that night he was just going to stay at his girlfriend's house, and he didn't talk to Franklin anymore that evening. Franklin's girlfriend noticed that Franklin had very abruptly stopped texting her around 12.42 a.m. She assumed that his phone had died. So Franklin's phone had a history of not being able to keep charged because the battery was broken. So mm-hmm. it was never concerning when he would just randomly stop texting in the middle of a conversation. It happened quite often. So the next morning on Wednesday, July 8th, 2015, Matt was trying to get back in touch with Franklin to see if the power had come back on, but he wasn't hearing back. So growing more concerned, he decided to go back to the apartment and see what was going on. Shortly after noon, Matt arrived home to find Franklin face down in the hallway of their apartment. So inside their apartment, not in the building, actually inside their apartment. Oh, okay. At first glance, he thought Franklin was messing around with the breaker box. So the breaker box was inside their apartment. He thought maybe he electrocuted himself. But upon further inspection, Matt saw that there was blood around Franklin and two gunshot wounds. Oh, wow. Now, it's never been disclosed where the gunshot wounds were. I read varying counts of where the gunshot wounds were. Some say that there were two to the chest. Some say there was one to the head and one to the chest. So I don't know for sure, but the gunshot wounds, he did succumb to the gunshot wounds. When first responders arrived, Franklin was pronounced dead at the scene. Oh, wow. So Franklin Benedict was born on January 2nd, 1989 in Ashtabula, Ohio to Rick and Tina Benedict. Ashtabula, Ohio is about an hour and 30 minutes northeast of Kent, Ohio, and it's kind of right near Lake Erie. Franklin had a younger sister and a younger brother, and his family and friends often just called him Frankie. And they described him as very mild and mellow, and that he was able to get along with just about anyone that he'd spoken with. So a really laid-back, down-to-earth individual. He had a passion for movies, and he strove to become a film critic. At the time of his death, he wasn't attending Kent University, but he had attended Kent University from 2009 to 2013, majoring in communications. Oh, okay. 
When he died, he was working longer hours because he was trying to save up money to go back to school, finish his degree, and he wanted to land a job in the film industry, whether it was a film critic or something along those lines, but he was very passionate about the film industry. So Franklin was said to have mostly kept to himself when he lived in Kent, and he didn't really have many friends outside of his roommate Matt and his girlfriend at the time. So immediately after Franklin was discovered dead in his apartment, investigators knew that they were going to have an uphill battle on their hands. Nearly 12 hours had passed from the moment Franklin was murdered to the moment that he was discovered. So 12 hours may not seem like a very long time, but for all of the true crime junkie people out there that live and breathe true crime, mm-hmm. you know 12 hours is a long time. So 12 hours, what what would his time of death be? Around? His time of death, they think, was around 1242 because oh, okay. that was when he abruptly stopped talking oh, to yeah, his yeah, girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So according to cell phone records, that was the last time there was any communication. Yeah, and, and with his no phone, power. Well, and his phone hadn't died. So his phone still had battery life left. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like the girlfriend thought his phone hadn't died. So in 12 hours, a lot of evidence is lost or compromised. Franklin lived at Lincolnwood Terrace Complex, which is about a 15-minute walk from Kent State University. So where he was living at the time of his death was very much primarily home to college students. It was a college town. He didn't live like in a residential area that a complex favored college students. Which is unfortunate because there's so many people coming in and out at all times. At all times. Every semester, there's Mm -hmm. probably new students. And this was in the summer. So there were a lot of apartments that probably were vacant. Mm -hmm. And it was around the 4th of July holiday. So people might not even have been there. So, or there would people be more there since it since it's near Lake Erie. Yes. Detectives first started working to find out how the murderer gained access to the apartment without Franklin even knowing that they were in there. So that was their first objective, was to find out how the murderer gained access. There were no signs of forced entry. There were no defensive wounds on Franklin. And it was believed that the murderer entered the apartment through an unlocked sliding glass door that led out to the balcony. Oh, dang. So we're going to get into that, a little bit more into that in a moment. They believe that once in the apartment, the murderer had cut the power by turning off all the circuits in the breaker box. So Franklin was coming home already at a disadvantage, and it was pitch black. After shooting Franklin twice at what is believed to have been close range, that has not been confirmed. I'm just going to kind of go out on a limb and say it was close range. Well, even if you're in an apartment. And it's pitch black. The apartments are not that. Yeah, like you had to have been at close range. It had to have been at close range. The murderer cut a slit in the screen of a bedroom window and jumped from the second story window. Down to the ground? Yeah. Oh my God. To kind of give a visual of what the apartment looks like, I did find some photos from the Lincolnwood Terrace Complex website. I studied them so we could kind of go over what the layout is. So when you first walk into the apartment, there is an open space where a table could be put, almost like a dinette area, kitchen area. And on one side of the apartment is the kitchen, on the other is a coat closet. We're just gonna say, for visualization purposes, that when you walk in, the kitchen's on the left, the coat closet's on the right. Mm -hmm. But obviously, it's flipped if the apartment's on the other side. So you walk in to the dinette area, kitchen's on the left, coat closet's on the right. Then you walk in a little bit further, and there's the living room. Okay. Right off the living room is that balcony. And there's like a railing around the balcony. Mm -hmm. Then you go down to your left, there's a long hallway. On one side is the bathroom, and the other side are both bedrooms. Both bedrooms had windows. 
it was never specified which window the murderer slit the hole in and mm-hmm. jumped out of. And also, how the heck did he get on the second story balcony? Right. So that's also my issue. But the apartments underneath have a patio, and they also have a railing around the patio. So the only thing that I could possibly think of is that the murderer jumped on the railing from the patio and pulled him or herself up and then went through the sliding glass door. That is right now, that's one theory that we'll discuss further on, but that's how the detectives say the murderer gained access to the apartment. So once it was determined how the murderer gained access, detectives really started looking for some type of motive as to why Franklin was murdered. He didn't have a lot of friends in the area and he very much kept to himself. He didn't have a lot of money and he wasn't a flashy kind of guy. And one interesting thing too is that there was nothing missing from the apartment and nothing had been disturbed. So everything was, and the roommate Matt confirmed, there was nothing missing, nothing was out of place. So not having much of a motive to go off of, detectives started asking around the complex, hoping that they would find a witness that would have either heard the gunshots or had at least seen a suspicious person around the time of the murder. But after asking multiple residents that were home at the time of the murder, nobody had any tips that would aid the detectives in the case. Nobody heard anything. Nobody saw anything. Which is shocking, honestly. Very. Because again, it was only 12.42 a.m. And I mean, it was during the week. It was a Tuesday night into a Wednesday. There wasn't as much activity and the detectives kind of knew that. But for no one to hear it, no one to see anything. Mm -hmm. Very quickly, Franklin's case started to turn cold because there were no witnesses. And even though a lot of evidence had been recovered from the crime scene, none of that evidence was helping the detectives close in on any type of murder suspect. Detectives turned to the public to either help identify the murderer or help find a motive for the murder. They made multiple trips back to Franklin's hometown of Ashtabula, but going back there, they found it very unsuccessful in finding any new leads. Because the roommate, Matt, and Franklin's girlfriend at the time, they her name has never been disclosed, so that's why I keep saying his girlfriend at the time. I don't know what her name was. Oh, okay. In no reports could I find her name. So, Which is confusing because I'm wondering... Typically, they only do that if it's a minor. Right. Which is... And she did live with her parents in Stowe, Ohio. So she was still living with her parents. Oh, so maybe she was a minor? She could have been. It's never... It has never been put there. Because normally they put the name, period. Yes. Unless it's a minor. In no reports. She's not named in the obituary, which, I mean, makes sense. But she's not named in any of the interviews that were given. She's that not named. That is weird. There have been a few like interviews and news reports given over the years to try to bring more awareness to his case. Mm-hmm. And in none of them is her name listed. That's wild. So she's always referred to as his girlfriend at the time. So that's how I'm also referring to her because we don't have a name. Yeah. Since they were the last ones to speak to Franklin, they were looked into and they were questioned But they were both cleared because they had airtight alibis the night of the murder. Matt was at a family wake in Cleveland. And if you remember, I previously stated that when he found out there was no power to the apartment, he just stayed at his girlfriend's house. And then Franklin's girlfriend was working. Mm. So she had... Well, then maybe she isn't a minor because if it's practically one in the morning, right? But you're not a minor working at yeah, one in the morning. But still, Ohio from Kent is about like a half hour, 45 minutes. So I again, I don't know what time her 
shift ended, but her shift could have ended like at midnight and it, there's no way she could have made it to Kent to perform. To have harmed him. Yeah. yeah. And being able to sneak into the apartment, turn off the power, all of that. So they were both cleared. So with this case, there have been quite a few theories that have circulated over the years. The first theory that I want to discuss is the theory that this murder was a hit gone wrong. So hang in there with me. So many people believe that since there seems to be no motive and there was not much evidence left at the scene, Franklin just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like the wrong apartment type thing? Yeah. So obviously there are a lot of holes in this theory though, because usually... And I don't have experience in this, but when you have someone that is like hired to murder someone or is tasked with murdering someone like in a gang, you don't just go into a random apartment and hope that it's the right person and hope that they're going to come home. Because remember, he wasn't supposed to be working that night. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to be home in the afternoon, but he picked up an extra shift and he worked until 11 o'clock at night. So this murderer would have had to know would have just been lying and yeah he would have just been waiting in the apartment for hours and hours waiting for franklin to come home usually when someone is tasked with murdering another person they do their due diligence Mm -hmm. they learn their habits they figure out their schedule so i find it really difficult to believe that this was just some random person that accidentally killed the wrong guy yeah It just doesn't seem plausible, but because there's no other motive to go off of and he didn't have any enemies, I can see why people would think, well, maybe it was just he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, that and is there a lot of gang violence in this town? So it is near Akron. Mm. So Akron, Ohio is known for, you know, gang violence and drugs. But I do want to go also and say that when Franklin's autopsy was performed, his tox screen came back negative for everything. He was a very healthy 26-year-old male. And his parents, in all of the interviews after his um, death, they have very adamantly said that their son was not involved in anything nefarious. You never know 100% if that's true about a person. Mm -hmm. Especially parents. But from what detectives have put out there now... That isn't something that they believe happened. Yeah. Detectives have also said that they do not believe this was a hit gone wrong. They believe that Franklin and the murderer knew each other. So that brings us to our next theory, that this was someone Franklin knew. Obviously, this theory is much more plausible. Mm -hmm. The murderer knew which apartment was Franklin's. They had a very good idea of when he would be arriving home. They knew to go to the breaker box. They shut down the main power to the entire apartment. Yeah, which you've had to have been in that apartment period to know where that is. And I personally think that the murderer had to have been in that apartment at least one time before to have been able to know to gain access into the apartment through the balcony sliding door. Yeah. Because what person that is trying to commit a crime is going to take the chance of literally climbing onto a balcony to gain access through the glass sliding door just to get up there and find out that it's locked. Exactly. And then have to climb back down. So I don't believe that it was just some random person. Yeah, which makes sense. Like you, you knew him enough to know he doesn't lock the door. Yes. So I also agree that the murderer had been into the apartment at least once or twice before. With also thinking of that too, though, if, you know, you said he doesn't have as many friends or whatever, mm-hmm. so it could be his roommate's friend, like, right. easily. Right, right. 
One interesting thing is that on, I did find like a Facebook thread where detectives reached out to the public and they asked the public to basically give them their theories, give them their thoughts to try and give them a perspective that maybe they hadn't thought of. That's cool to know that they did that. Yeah. And one of the theories that someone put out there was, have you looked into the roommate? Have you looked into the roommate's circle of friends? Have you looked into every single neighbor and tried to see what they're involved in? And one of the detectives did comment saying that they've gone down all of those avenues. They've looked into the roommate, all of the roommate's friends, all of the neighbors and everything. Nothing has been found. Something that I was that when you just said that, actually, I thought of is because, you know, they said a hit could have gone wrong. Well, I mean, heck, his friend could be a gang member and you never know. Right. And, you know, but a lot of people said, too, that what if some of the neighbors were what Mm -hmm. if the person living next door or even just on the opposite side of the apartment building and they just somehow mm -hmm. unfortunately got it wrong but but detectives said no they looked into all the neighbors they looked into all of that and even franklin's parents they have come out and they've been extremely vocal through all this time that somebody that knew franklin had some disagreement with him and they believe the only way to settle it was by killing him but nobody has any idea who it could be so as previously stated the apartment complex was not very full this time of year they did not have any type of surveillance so there wasn't anything that could have gotten caught on surveillance videos and it wasn't as busy it was a tuesday night going into a wednesday so some random person climbing onto a balcony it might not have been noticed Mm -hmm. especially during what time they went and did it because they could i mean heck we don't know they could have been waiting there for a few hours they could or more and yeah because he was gone most of the day i wonder if they looked for cigarettes that's the thing too so detectives have kept a lot close to the chest and i get that because it's an open investigation you don't want to like you said in our last case you don't want them to show their whole hand but There's like nothing to go off of. There are so many questions. Like, did you find this at the apartment? Did you find this? And we don't know. Mm -hmm. Detectives are only coming out and saying that it was somebody that Franklin knew, that they have no tips to go off of, they have no witnesses, and that they're hoping that somebody somewhere is going to more or less like gain a conscience and come out and And hopefully say something. Yeah. But the other question I had was how nobody heard two gunshots. And I did speak with a friend who is also a police officer. He did make the comment that gunshots around the 4th of July could have sounded like fireworks. It's very possible. And it was only two gunshots. Which makes sense. But it also, you would think it could have been a car backfiring. It's a college town. And not a lot of college kids are driving around really nice cars. They do have kind of like your banged up cars. And somebody would have heard it and thought, oh, that's just someone's car backfiring. Or it, they could have been sleeping and not paying. Yeah, I mean, there's like a right, million things. a million yeah. things. But I guess it is, it makes sense that hearing two gunshots, you wouldn't think much of it. If you've never really heard a gunshot, you're not thinking to like listen Instantly, for a gunshot. that's a gunshot. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, that's somebody. But I would love to know if there was somebody in the apartment below them because how would you not hear something like that happen well there had right to be some you. commotion like anyone that's lived in an apartment knows one the walls are typically very not, thin yeah they're not soundproof so mm-hmm. you can really hear a lot so not only did he get shot but he fell yes so there's like a a thump i mean well, and my goodness, this the murderer jumped out of a second story window. Yeah. How do you not hear 
I'm sorry, when you're falling from a second story, you're making some kind of noise, mm-hmm. whether it be like a loud bang and them falling from the window, they would have fallen right outside of the apartment below them's window. But we don't know if it was vacant. It's like the detectives are holding a little bit too much close too to much, the chest yeah. because we have no idea if there was anybody below them because I would have so many questions how whoever was below them didn't hear anything exactly with all of that commotion. For sure. Really quick, I can't get off of this whole, they turned the electric off by the breaker box mm-hmm. because for example, we live in a townhouse or a giant apartment, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and our breaker box is in our closet. Yes. So you would never know that was where it was unless you lived here. And they Heck, knew. we didn't know where it was for the longest time. And then I opened the closet and moved some things. And I'm like, oh, there's our breaker box. So it's like a lot of times they're not just willy-nilly open. And right. They, you know? So, so either know. this murder, again, that's why I believe that they had been in the apartment they before. They had to have been. And a whole other reason that I think they knew that Franklin was working a later shift is because why would you shut the power off to the apartment unless you knew he was coming home Mm -hmm. at night and you wanted to make it dark yes so detectives have confirmed that the breaker box it was the power was completely shut off to the apartment it wasn't a power outage it wasn't a fluke well it was shut off makes me think though because he texts his roommate there's a power outage Mm -hmm. our apartment doesn't have power or whatever so are there no lights in this apartment complex because if the power was out the lights outside would be out you know what I'm saying? So the, from what I could just see by pictures, and again, this was in 2015. So the pictures that are on like, are the internet updated. now, they are updated. So there are quite a few like street lamps and like lamp posts, but I don't know if at the time of the murder there, there were a lot of lights. Yeah. But then I have to think too, when you're in the hallway, because that's where their breaker box was, you're in the hallway, it's pretty dark. So even if there's lights outside... Mm-hmm. you're not having much light. I, I'm going to go out on a whim and say the only light that he had was to his phone. And yeah. it was probably very easy for the murderer to come up from behind him. Looking at the apartment complex, mm-hmm. do they all have individual doors or do they go into a hallway and then there's doors They go there? into a hallway. So, so that go, hallway doesn't have lights on either? Do they take care of those? That I don't know. See, it's that's why I'm confused. Sad. Because if he's, which I have to assume that, yes, they were out because... Which means the murderer really thought about that because if the guy, if he's texting his roommate, Matt, that there's no power, there couldn't have been power in the hallway. But it was only, so the breaker box was in the apartment. So when you walk into the apartment, you go through a front door, you go up some steps and then there's four units upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then he walked into his apartment. I know. So what I'm th- saying though, and there the was no power. murderer probably unscrewed the light in the hallway, it's probably- making him think there's no power. That, you know, I never even thought of that. <laughs> because he's going to, if there's power out there, he wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, oh, there's no power. Because he saw the light out in the hallway mm-hmm. to get to the apartment. And then when he went into the apartment, there's also no power. Which then he's like, oh, we don't have power. Yeah. And his roommate, Matt, did also state in an interview, there was a news report that was put out um, a few years after Franklin's murder. Just to try to bring more awareness. And Matt was interviewed and Matt did say that he had called the power company and confirmed that there was no reason for there to be a power outage and that the power should just come back on. I have a lot of questions about that. So then he was in the apartment for that long that he had the ability to call. So from his time of death was at 11 or his time of death was 1242 ish. We'll say 1245. And he got home around 1140, 1145. So he was in the home for an hour exactly that's oh my gosh so the guy just waited like what 
what is going I, that's wild yeah that's so, a long time to be sitting there in the dark waiting to kill someone so for an hour he was texting back and forth with his roommate and his girlfriend about the power being out and i'm willing to guess that matt must have called the power company and during that time and franklin i don't know as a woman if I were to walk into an apartment and none of my lights are turning on, I'm walking back out. Yeah. But as a 26-year-old male who probably not one thought in his head was, oh, I'm going to die if I go into this apartment, I can see why he probably just kind of went about his day. Yeah, he just was like, well, it is what it is. But it's never been disclosed really how he was found. It, we don't know if he was found with his shoes off, with mm-hmm. his shoes on. We don't know if he was found in, in his, his pajamas work clothes or, his work or, yeah. Yeah, or in his pajamas. It just states that he was found face down in the hallway by his roommate, Matt. And in the interviews with Matt, not much is revealed. So again, I don't know if Matt also is being told to keep quiet about things. Which and, I'm assuming he probably is. But it just seems like so much time has gone. I mean, it's been You almost, have to give us more information. You've got to give a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I did see a Reddit thread. And there was a user on that thread claiming to be the roommate, Matt. And there was another user claiming to be the girlfriend at the time. So I can't confirm if it it is who they say they are. But the girlfriend claimed that Franklin was being followed before his murder. And that a week or so prior to his murder, his rear view window was shot at. None of these claims have been proven to be true. His parents, in the interviews that they've given, they've never mentioned that he was being followed or that he was suspicious of being followed, that his window had been shot. But do you think he would have kept it from his parents so he wouldn't worry them? But I could totally see him keeping it from his parents so that... But for his roommate not to know about it? Yeah, because that would be weird because, like, if if his girlfriend knew, I'm sure his roommate would have... If this is true that his rear view window had been shot at, shot through... There would have been evidence. There of that would have for been sure. evidence of it. Why wasn't a police report filed? Why mm-hmm. wasn't something put in place? Which then makes me wonder. Okay, so let's go off. That is true. Mm-hmm. That means he's definitely in something shady. Yes. Because if you're not reporting that to the cops, something's something's going on. Going on. Like, you have something that you're trying you. to hide for sure. But then how do you hide from your family a bullet hole in your rearview window? Unless he got it fixed, because, like, I mean, you can go to a shop and get a yeah. window change for, like, 100 bucks. You probably could. If he was involved in something, then it's very possible that he could have gone somewhere and they would have helped him mm-hmm. take care of it. But his family members are so adamant. And we all know, though, that you don't always 100% know what your kids are doing. They're not always truthful. He was 26 years old. Especially at that age, yeah. And he was trying to make more money. You don't know what he was doing to try to make more money. He could have been involved in nefarious activities and his family doesn't want to believe that about him. And I respect that. I would never want to believe that about my children, that they could ever do something like that. Yeah. And he might not have. For sure. But the fact still remains, though, that he was murdered in cold blood. And there is not a single person that has come forward with a single tip that has led detectives to be able to have a suspect. There's no suspects. And I also, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of questions because that's just such a strange way to be killed and it be random. It's so, to me, it's so personal. Mm -hmm. You broke into his apartment. You waited. You lied. It's premeditated 100% because you, the murderer was sitting there waiting for him to get home. And then he waited until he had the opportune moment. He didn't just come out and start shooting Franklin as soon as Franklin got home. 
it almost seems like he let Franklin kind of just go about and relax. Mm -hmm. And then he came out and he shot him. Yeah. And that to me is more personal. Oh, you're sitting there and you're waiting. If this were just like a hit gone wrong and you were just trying to basically do your job and kill someone, you wouldn't have waited and let them Mm -hmm. feel like, Oh, everything's fine. Power is out. Whatever is going to go back on. I'm just going to go about my day. I mean, we don't know. He could have. Well, and I truly, truly believe this murderer definitely took the power out of the apartment hallway so he believed that there was no power in the apartment right if he would have been suspicious of it at all he would have gotten out of there Mm -hmm. but yeah there had to have been some type of like oh the power is out in the hallway and and it's out in the apartment it's mm -hmm. out and that's why he called because we did a case forever ago of this girl and her apartment hallway light that like everyone walks in and out of to get to their own apartment Mm -hmm. was unscrewed. And so the hallway was dark compared to normally it's lit. So I'm thinking the murderer had to have done that because if there was light outside in the hallway to get to his apartment and then there's just the apartment's dark out, he would have been very Mm -hmm. suspicious of like what's going on. But the question I have too though is why wouldn't you go to neighboring apartments and see if anybody else's power is out. I mean, he he did keep to himself, so I'll give him that. He probably was just like, whatever, I don't care enough about it to go ask anybody else. Mm -hmm. But my goodness, had you, had you gone and asked and found out that no one else's power was out, it might have made you a little bit time. He's like, I don't want to wake people up. Maybe that's true. It's a weekday. Like, Mm -hmm. he's probably thinking, no way. So he was probably getting ready for bed and then the guy who was freaking waiting forever, that's just crazy to me. And he just shot him. Yeah, in cold blood. And he was only 26. He was trying to get his life back together. It's very suspicious. The whole thing is very... Yes. And detectives, again, I totally understand why they are keeping a lot of it to the chest. But I feel like now that this much time has passed, Mm -hmm. more information should be put out there for sure because maybe if you put out a little bit more information it might joggle somebody's memory a little bit like oh hey wait a minute i did see this or i did see that yeah but there's been nothing which just oh yeah they have to release more they have to because obviously nothing that they have released is working Mm-hmm. And and none of it's not gonna just magically work in ten years. And Franklin's case was um, put on the court TV, so it was highlighted as an unsolved case that was kind of put out there and broadcasted to the nation. And even that didn't bring in. Of course, it brings in a bunch of tips, but none of them were able to be followed up on by detectives, and none of them have led to any more information. And it's so sad. If you ever, if you have the time, there is a video that. Franklin's parents being interviewed and they're being asked about what they believe happened to their son and it's so heartbreaking seeing his mother and father they are in so much pain oh I can and they're so heartbroken because they don't understand how anyone would want to kill their son Mm -hmm. how anything was so bad between Franklin and this person that this person wanted him dead Mm -hmm. and that there's no way to prove it there's no way to find out who it is even if he is in criminal activity Mm -hmm. we've said this a million times on this podcast you deserve justice no matter who you are and what you do for a living or what you're doing on the side it doesn't justify you being killed right i know a case that happened my gosh back in like the 80s and it was a man that was shot and killed over drug activity Mm -hmm. and his body was thrown into the river his body floated up 
And for the longest time, nobody knew what had happened to him. But then justice prevailed. Somebody kind of came forward and said what happened, and he received justice. And even though he was involved in, like you said, the criminal activity, he was involved in drugs and selling them, he still deserved justice. Mm -hmm. Just because you're involved in something like that doesn't give you the right to take somebody's life. Exactly. And that's what's really heartbreaking, that this person chose to end Franklin's life and... I, we don't know if his parents will ever get any answers. You know, right now, it's still very much a cold case. Mm-hmm. There's no suspects. There's no leads. Are they still alive? The parents are still alive. Okay. And the roommate, Matt, from um, what I've seen online, is he is very active. He is commenting on theories and commenting on other people's ideas of what could have happened. He's answering questions. If you have any information about Franklin, please call the Kent Police Department at 320-259-3700. As always, thank you for listening to Crime Connections. It has been very exciting to share this case with you all, and I'm excited to bring more to you. If you so kindly would please follow, share, and go like us on Facebook at Crime Connections or follow us on Instagram at Crime Connections Pod. If you have any news, tips, or cases you want us to look into, please feel free to email or DM us. We love hearing from you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye.